0: I will arise and go forth to the house of my young, house of my young. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject Paul's life and letters for or against Torah. This is part six of the series. So Paul taught that we're saved by grace through faith. And after we're saved by grace through faith, we establish the Torah. The way we establish the Torah is that we follow the Torah to the help and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit so we can produce the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And in accepting Yeshua as our Savior and Lord, when we repent of our sins and accept his shed blood, for the forgiveness of our sins, we are given the indwelling Holy Spirit, and we are given gifts of the Holy Spirit in order to help us live this Torah-based life in Messiah. And so, what are these gifts of the Holy Spirit? It is written in Ephesians, in chapter 4, verses 7 and 8, but unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of messiah wherefore he says when he ascended up on high he led captivity captive and he gave gifts to men so what are these gifts that were given of the god of israel in accepting and receiving yeshua into our heart in our life well for one we are given the gift of righteousness or being in right standing with god the father we are told this in romans chapter 5 verse 17. But if by one man's offense death reigned by one, and this is speaking of Adam and him sinning in the garden, much more they which receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Yeshua HaMashiach. We are given the gift of eternal life whenever we repent of our sins and accept Yeshua's shed blood for the forgiveness of our sin, ask Him in our heart and our life, making Him Savior and Lord of our life. Romans, in chapter 6, verse 23, it is written, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Yeshua HaMashiach, our Lord. We are given the gift of grace. This is mentioned in Romans chapter 5, verse 12, and then verse 15. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, once again, speaking of Adam and him sinning in the garden of Eden, for if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God in the gift of grace, which is by one man, Yeshua HaMashiach, has abounded unto many. And what's the byproduct of this gift of grace? It's being saved and being a part of Yeshua's family and having eternal life in Him. We are given the gift of faith. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 and 9 for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God it's not of works it's not based upon our own merit and anything that we've personally accomplished ourselves so that no man can boast now first Corinthians chapter 12 tells us about other spiritual gifts that are available through the Holy Spirit paul writes in first 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, verse 4, and verse 8. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not that you be ignorant. Now there are diversities of gifts, but it's the same Holy Spirit that is doing it. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, but all these works that one in the self-same spirit giving to every man severally as he wills. So we are given gifts of the Holy Spirit to help us to operate and live lives unto Yeshua that the Father desires for us to live in this world. And so along with the gifts of the Holy Spirit, we are to, by renewing our minds and by making the Word of God in the Torah first place in our our lives and through what was communicated to joshua in joshua in chapter 1 verse 8 where it is written that the book of the torah shall not depart out of your mouth but you shall meditate upon it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written thereof for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success so ultimately the outcome of following Yeshua's Torah by His Holy Spirit, renewing our mind with the Word of God and meditating upon the Word or the Torah of God, it's going to change our behavior and it's going to affect our character. So now our character is going to reflect the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. And as we renew our mind, and we exercise following the Torah or the word of God, we will in doing so be crucifying our flesh because Paul tells us in the book of Romans in chapter 8, in verse 8, that they that are in the flesh cannot please God. And so we have to crucify that flesh. And who are those that are in the flesh? Well, it's the carnal mind in Romans chapter 8, verse 7, which is the worldly mind that before it gets renewed to think according to the Word of God or the Torah of God, Paul explains in Romans 8, 7 that the carnal mind is an enemy of God, and the carnal mind is not subject or does not follow the Torah of God, and this is those who are in the flesh that cannot please God. And so in renewing our mind to obey and follow the Torah in the Word of God, then we will produce the fruit of the Spirit, and in doing so, we will crucify the flesh. And next, in looking at the teachings and the writings of Paul, and in examining the content of his letters, and then Answering the question in the letters of Paul, is he for or against the Torah? We are now going to give you a background and understanding so that we can properly see what Paul was trying to explain in the point that he was making, particularly in the book of Galatians, because traditional Christianity uses the book of Galatians to try to make the argument that Paul was teaching that if you receive Messiah by faith, then you are not supposed to follow the Torah. But was that really what Paul taught? Well, that from reading the book of Galatians, that is going to be the conclusion that a carnal mind is going to think Paul was saying, but the reason why the carnal mind is going going to come to that understanding is because in order to properly understand the points that Paul was making in the book of Galatians, you have to A, have a Torah background and understanding, and B, you have to know the Hebrew culture, and so we're going to first begin to give you a background of the world that Paul grew up in, and he's going to be writing and communicating in his letters according to his hebrew cultural upbringing and surroundings and so paul before he came to the understanding that yeshua is the messiah on the road to damascus as explained in acts chapter 9 he as his testimony is he was zealous for the God of Israel and zealous for his Torah. But the way in which Paul was taught that Torah was through the teachings of the Pharisees. And in the first century, there were two main school of the Pharisees and one was led by Hillel and the other by Shammai. And Paul particularly studied under the school of Hillel. And as he testifies in Acts in chapter 23, 3... That he studied under Gamaliel, who was the grandson of Hillel. And so, Paul's testimony that he studied under Gamaliel actually is found in Acts chapter 22 and verse 3. And so, what was the perspective or the view that Paul was taught the Torah? He was taught the Torah according to the Pharisaic beliefs of the Torah. And the Pharisaic beliefs of the Torah is the same as what is called today rabbinic judaism or orthodox judaism and so first century pharisaic judaism or today's rabbinic judaism or orthodox judaism believes that at mount sinai that moses gave to the children of israel a written torah and an oral explanation of the written commandments and this is called the oral torah now the pharisees orthodox judaism teach that the oral understanding of the written text was faithfully, without error, communicated from generation to generation from Mount Sinai to the present day. And ultimately, the oral understanding of the written text was written down. And the writing down of the oral understanding of the written text is what we call today the Talmud. It contains the Oral teachings of the rabbis regarding the written text that was written down. And so the Talmud was developed from around the year 200 AD through 600 AD. And so this is the perspective that Paul was taught of the Torah in contrast to the perspective of the Torah that he had from believing in Yeshua as the Messiah, which is that you follow the Torah through the help and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So, let's see the understanding of the Torah through the eyes of the Pharisees or Rabbinic Judaism or Orthodox Judaism today by looking at the Art Scroll, which is an Orthodox Jewish published commentary on the Torah to the book of Genesis in the introduction on page 41 where there it is explained that the rabbis teach that the oral Torah was taught at Mount Sinai. It reads, the oral law was taught in its entirety to Moses during the 40 days and 40 nights in heaven or up on the mountain where Moses received the revelation of God. And then from the Senchino Midrash Rabbah, volume six, page 736, the rabbis teach that the oral Torah written down or the Talmud, was given at Mount Sinai. They were all given to Moses on Mount Sinai, and they contain statutes and ordinances. Torah, Mishnah, Talmud, and Haggadah. And now the rabbis teach that their interpretation of the written texts, which is called the Oral Torah, contained in the Talmud, where we find the rabbinical thoughts and commentaries known as the Mishnah, that the rabbis teach that the Oral Torah or the Mishnah is greater than written scripture. And so, therefore, what does the Torah of the rabbis look like? The Torah of the rabbis is that at Mount Sinai, there was a written Torah, and there were oral commandments that were given to explain written commandments. And That the oral teaching and explanation of the written Torah is greater than the written Torah, and it's the rabbis who have faithfully had communicated to them and they teach what was taught at Mount Sinai. And so, given that Paul was brought up under Pharisaic teaching from the school of Hillel through his rabbi Gamaliel, Paul is going to be referencing the Pharisaic Torah perspective of the Bible in his letters, because as Paul was sent out to proclaim Messiah to the non-Jewish world, he went outside of the land of Israel to city to city. He not only taught in Asia Minor, which today we call Turkey, but he also taught in an area that we call call Europe today. And so as we see in the book of Acts, as Paul was going from place to place, he was going from synagogue to synagogue. For example, we see this in Acts in chapter 13. And beginning in verse 42, it reads, And when the Jews were gone out of the synagogue, the Gentiles besought that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. So we have Jew and non-Jew who are trying to express their faith in the God of Israel in the synagogues on the Sabbath. And then it says in Acts 13:44, And the next Sabbath day came almost the whole city together to hear the word of God. And so we have in the synagogues, we have Jews that did not believe that Yeshua is the Messiah. We also had Jews that did believe that Yeshua was the Messiah. And then we had non-Jews that were in the synagogues as well. And the non-Jews, some of them were called proselytes And the proselytes were seeking to believe in the God of Israel and express their understanding of him through what was being taught to them by the Pharisaic leaders. And so they were influenced to follow the Torah according to the Pharisaic understanding. And then you also had non-Jews in the synagogue who believed in Yeshua as the Messiah. And so regarding a difference in belief, whether Yeshua is the messiah or not there was conflict in the synagogue both whether yeshua is the messiah and then also what is the proper way to follow the torah of the god of israel and so paul has a phrase that refers to the Pharisees and the teachings of the rabbis who put the oral law above the written law. And the phrase that he used to refer to them are the Jews that are under the law. And so we've confused that phrase to mean those that follow the Torah itself, the written Torah itself, wherein Paul used that phrase to refer to the Jews that didn't believe Yeshua as the Messiah and their belief system. So let's look at some verses where Paul uses the phrase under the law and then that will give us the necessary background we need to understand the major issue and points that was Paul was trying to make in the book of Galatians. So Romans chapter 3 verse 19 it is written. Now we know that what things the law says it says to those that are under the law romans chapter 6 verse 14 for you are not under the law galatians chapter 4 verse 21 tell me you that desire to be under the law do you not hear the torah so those non-jews particularly in traditional christianity today who have not studied and do not have a torah background and a torah understanding of the bible and also are ignorant of jewish culture They are going to read the words under the law and they're going to interpret it as seeking to follow the written Torah that was given at Mount Sinai instead of seeing that there are places where Paul uses the phrase to refer to the Pharisaic belief. In the God of Israel. Now let's look at Romans chapter 10 verses 1 through 3. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God. What is their zeal for God? That they love the God of Israel. And their zeal is to express their faith in the God of Israel by following the Torah. And their zeal for the God of Israel and the Torah comes through what they're taught in judaism but paul says that that zeal is not according to proper knowledge of the torah And he says in Romans chapter 10, verse three, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness or the way that God established righteousness in the Torah, that they went about to establish their own righteousness and have thus not submitted themselves to the righteousness of God. Now, traditional Christianity reads that verse and they interpret it this way, that God's righteousness is being saved by grace through faith, and establishing your own righteousness is seeking to follow the Torah. And so, God's righteousness, as explained in the Torah, is being saved by grace through faith. So, traditional Christianity, when they interpret that it's New Testament being saved by grace through faith, that is in contrast to following the Torah itself, which they say is establishing your own righteousness, that that is what the distinction is that Paul is making here. But that is a misunderstanding because... I want to show you that Torah righteousness and the righteousness as explained in the Hebrew scriptures is that we have no righteousness on our own merit, and that the Torah and the prophets teach that God's righteousness is by his grace through faith that that's not only what the Torah and the prophets say, but that is what Paul taught that the Torah and the prophets taught in his letters. And let's see this by looking at Exodus in chapter 3 and verse 21, where it is written, and I'm reading from the King James, and I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, and it will come to pass that when you go, you will not go empty. So that word favor is the Strong's number 24. 580 in the Strong's Hebrew Dictionary, and it's the Hebrew word chain. And the Hebrew word chain is translated as grace in Genesis in chapter 6 and verse 8, where it is written, and Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. So, given that the King James translates Chain, the Strong's number 2580, as grace in Genesis chapter 6 and verse 8, we can Translate the same word as grace in Exodus chapter 3, verse 21. And I will give this people grace in the sight of the Egyptians, and it will come to pass that when you go, you will not go empty. So the grace of the God of Israel was present to save, deliver, or redeem his people out of Egypt. But was grace sufficient alone to redeem his people out of Egypt? No, it required faith. What was the faith? It was believing and trusting and doing what God had said. And what did he command the people to do through Moses is they were to take a lamb and they were to set it aside and then they were to kill the lamb and put the blood of the lamb. Well, that's going to conclude part six of the series on the subject, Paul's life and letters for or against Torah. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen.